Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Austin Zarnick sent down to the Grand Rapids Griffins. What that means for the lineup and Jacob Vrana. Also, I put a poll out and 60% of you said you wanted Bo Horvat on the Red Wings. Could they make that trade? And also, previewing the Tampa Bay Lightning. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast, while Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News, as well as the host of Locked On Tigers. And uh, off day episode for you guys. So bring in some lighter topics, but I think we got to start off the show talking about the roster move that was made today. Uh, a couple days ago, Austin Zarnick was placed on waivers. He cleared, but they didn't send him down. They had him play in the game against the Washington Capitals in which the Red Wings got absolutely killed, but we're not going to talk about that part. Um, today, as of recording this on Tuesday, December 20th, they did send Austin Zarnick down to the Grand Rapids Griffins. Uh, no subsequent roster moves were made, which would lead one to believe that Jacob Verana is one step closer to being on the roster. That leaves the Red Wings with 13 active forwards. I, I say active because Jacob Verana is technically active, but listed as day-to-day as he continues to get his legs back. Uh, Derek Lalone spoke to the media, said that he is not going to play against Tampa, which stinks because I'm going to that game, and I would have loved it if that was uh, Jacob Verana's first game back. But he is getting close. They ran him really hard in practice, but also haven't ruled out a conditioning stint in the Grand Rapids Griffins for him to just get back to full speed. But in the meantime, that pretty much guarantees, I mean, it does guarantee Elmer Soderblom is going to play tomorrow. But the conversation here, Scotty, is, you know, Zarnick getting sent down. I mean, the writing was on the wall. They put him on waivers to send him down. But I was telling Kenny today at, at the radio station that when they send Zarnick down, I mean, that's a sign that Verona is close. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you and I, I mean, we, we even talked about it right when, uh, not only right when the announcement was made today that he was getting sent down, but the second he was put on waivers, we were even like, all right, that, that, you know, Verona is probably sooner, a sooner rather than later thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great that he is already at a point where not only does he feel like comfortable and confident that he has the ability to come back pretty soon, but the fact that the team backs that is is great. And again, even if he doesn't play uh, against Tampa, which it doesn't sound like he he will, uh, and, and even if he doesn't play Friday against like Ottawa, like that's still the, the fact that you are clearing a roster space for him and and are ready for him to to kind of rejoin the team already is um, is a great sign. Yeah, absolutely. And it, the impact that he will have on this roster cannot be understated. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to say he's going to come back. I mean, last year he came back after not playing for like three, four months and tore it up. Um, But, you know, I want to keep expectations mild for his return just because of the type of thing that he has gone through. So he he may come out, he may blaze a trail. If not, it's fine too. Either way, he is a definite upgrade over what they're running on the roster right now. And you know, we talk about that trickle-down effect is you insert him back in the lineup, even if at first you put him in, like, the third line, which we hate having him on the third line, but understandable right. at this point in time. If you put him on the third line, that makes that third line so much stronger, and then it moves somebody from that third line onto the fourth line and makes the fourth line stronger. Inevitably, you want him – we talked about this yesterday. You want him to play 
top six minutes. And if that means that Kubalik or Peron gets booted down to the third line, I mean, that makes that third line a dynamite line. It's crazy good. So not saying that those are the first two guys that would get sent down, but just hypothetically speaking. So it just, it's going to have him, having him in the lineup every day will make him or make the Red Wings rather just a much more exciting and dangerous team because of all the ways he can provide offense, whether it be via his passing, his playmaking ability, or his absolute great shot that he has. Yeah, one time for the one time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think that, we, I mean, we talked about this a couple last week, I think we talked about just how like slowly as these players start to get healthy again and return to the roster, like if we can just get like Fabry isn't like too, too far away. And like, hopefully Bert is like not too long after Fabry. And now we're about to get Verana hopefully soon. Like if we, we talked about it, like just, just keep your, your head above water when, and, and then when all of these guys start coming back, like, especially like they're all forwards, right? They're all forwards. And, that has been, uh, you know, for whatever we say about the defensive group and and what they still need to work on and whatnot, that's obviously all still very true. But uh, it'll at least be nice to, to have a forward group that will have the depth that we originally talked about at the beginning of the season for the first time since the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's going to go a long way. And we talked about the defense not being very good, but the offense hasn't been very good either. I mean, Yeah, no, that's game... my point. Like, nothing yeah. in the last two weeks has been good, except we, for Billy Gusto, So we, we joke about them keeping their head above water, and they've done anything but that. Right, yeah, they've lost, what, five states, six, six straight, yeah. Six straight games. Uh, they got Obviously, they got a point in uh, Washington. They got a point in Dallas, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, they got a point yeah. in Dallas. But it's like that's that's have, yeah, two, two, two points, two points out of a possible 12, unless there's another overtime loss I'm forgetting about. I can't remember. It's all blurring together in this stretch. But it, it, it's not been not been pretty. And you can't – we're chomping at the bit for some good news. And Verona, every single day, taking another step closer is, is excellent news in it. I did think that, however, when they first sent Zarnik down, I was like – waiting for that second tweet to be like, and we're recalling Danny O'Regan. Not that he would have been like the first choice, but just because of the timing no, with the sure. trade yesterday, I was like, maybe they had bigger plans for him. Like maybe Eiserman is taking a flyer on a depth guy. He thought had a little bit extra he could bring, or maybe because he was a right-handed player. Um, but that never came. So that, you know, whole conversation is moot anyways. Yeah, for sure. And, and there's also just, again, like with the timing of when, players are like starting to to come back and whatnot this will be a not like a flurry i'm not trying to say there's gonna be a ton of moves but i mean there there will be there will be a need for more space on this roster as we hit into uh the middle of january for for better or for worse so you're at 22 players right now so you have a you have enough space for we one still have more three goalies, by the way three goalies so obviously one goalie will go away that's that's yeah. the obvious one so you get I don't know what's going on with Zadina. We haven't heard from him in a while. Yeah, there's been no Zadina update, period. Uh, we get Fabry updates. We got a bird <laughs> update last week. We get Verona updates daily now. We have not gotten a Zadina update in like a month. But there's literally four players on the offense who are everyday players. This is Zadina, not so much at this point, but four players on the offense that are NHL caliber players that aren't playing. And you have two roster spots if you count the goalie one. So it's going to be interesting how that shakes out. For sure. Um, but let's move on now. So I ran a poll. 
on over the weekend. I don't remember exactly what day, whatever, um, about whether or not the Red Wings should trade for Bo Horvat. And that com- that question comes up because the Vancouver Canucks captain, Bo Horvat, is in the final year of his contract, making, I think, $5.5 million. I have cap friendly up here. Uh, yeah, $5.5 million. He's 27 years old. He is a center, and he is left-handed. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> exactly like Dylan Larkin. Um, but he is having a career year. He's only played all 82 games twice. One season he played 81, so let's count that. Let's say three full seasons uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. Other seasons were cut short because of COVID or injury. But, you know, he has never had a career high above 61 points. But this season, he is on a career pace. It's actually kind of incredible. He's almost flipped the script on the way he has played hockey thus far. And for the most part of his career, he's played on, a, again, very similar to the Dylan Larkin situation. He's played on crappy teams. You know, he joined the Vancouver Canucks too late for them to be an actual threat. Like in 2011, his rookie season was 2014-15. Again, sound familiar. Um, (laughs) But he is having a great year this year. He's already got 22 goals on the season. His career career year, sorry, career high in goals was 31 last season in 21-22. He's already got 22 goals in half the time that it took him to get 31. And he's got nine assists where normally that's where he tends to get most of his points is on the assists. Said he's just on pace for an incredible year, 31 points and 31 games played so far on pace for 82. Uh, He is at very minimum, a Dylan Larkin equivalent when it comes to production and the Vancouver Canucks are looking to trade him. So when we come back, we're going to have the conversation is should the Red Wings trade for Bo Horvat? Um, but first, I got to talk to you guys today about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from po- pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the just concluded World Cup. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at betonline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get in on all your betting action head to the website today or use the mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts segment two locked on red wings podcast like i was saying i put a poll out there and 145 votes came in 60 percent of you voted yes you would like the red wings to trade for bo horvat now not included in that tweet was asking the question of what would you guys pay for bo horvat um, because that's really, I, of course, I would take Bo Horvat on the Red Wings. I mean, he's a pretty good player. I, I, and Red Wings are in need for pretty good players. But the cost comes into mind. So, m- question the the that in mind with cost, cost in mind, Scotty, would you trade to acquire Bo Horvat, or do you think that what it would take to get him would be too much? Well, I think the. Biggest thing for me would be with where the Red Wings stand currently. There's no way, and this might sound obvious once I say it, but like he is on an expiring deal. There's no way I'm doing this without the guarantee that he is extended immediately. Yes. Uh, there's no chance I'm I, I'm taking a rental in a year that the Red Wings are, are currently in. That makes zero sense. Zero negative sense to 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 take on a a rental even if you know whatever we acquire him at the trade deadline we acquire him in a week it doesn't matter to me you're i'm not trading for half a year 
of somebody in a year where we're probably not going to make the playoffs anyway. Anyways, that makes absolutely no sense. So that would be my first condition. If you can promise me that he is extended immediately, then I would say that, like, yeah, prob- I mean, probably. It- it's one of those, uh, a conversation I have with people all the time is the player's value on the trade market is not determined a hundred percent determined by pure talent level it's determined by the market market determines value that's how trades work in sports and that's why people all the time are like oh what an overpay or oh what an underpay or that's all they could get guess what if that's the best offer that I'll, and it, sure some people are better at negotiating than others some gms are better than others absolutely but market determines value and this is a dude on a bad team on an expiring deal that's still in his late 20s and having a career season and not just like oh he's gonna you know barely pass his career high he is going to shatter his career high in production when it comes to stat sheet numbers that is all of that combined is the poster child for getting traded at the deadline there is that is that is it checks every single box of who do you think is a player that could get moved at the deadline. So he is going to have a a very, very big market. He is going to cast a very wide net, and there is going to be a ton of teams in this league that are going to be knocking on the door and taking phone calls for him. So do I think that the Wings should outbid somebody who's making a playoff push and is willing to maybe overpay a little bit to get more offensive production in the in their top six I mean maybe not but again if you can guarantee me an extension before the end of the season then I guess that's a different conversation yeah I agree with everything that you said and one thing that has to be noted when talking about Bo Horvat is the fact that he is an offensive production machine who plays no defense. You can see it here on um, his player card thus far throughout the first 20 some games of the season. I mean, his expected goals above replacement are, is even higher than his actual value goals above replacement, which means that he should be scoring at a higher clip than he already is. And he's already across the 20 goal mark in 30 some games played incredible numbers. And a lot of that, as you can see is coming on the power play, but when it comes to, his effectiveness on the defensive side of things at even strength and shorthanded, he is a negative asset compared to replacement level players. He gets most of his playing time on forward lines one or two, as you can see here. Um, and on the power play, it's mostly power play one. So, but he does get shorthanded time as well. And I'm, I'm wondering why, if he's such a negative value defensively, why he keeps getting penalty kill time. 145 minutes is not a little amount 30 games into the season. So that, that does make me wonder, but when you're, when you're talking about, what you could get. Let me answer my own question first. I would take Bo Horvat, but when you consider what it would take to get him and what the Red Wings situation looks like as well, it's going to take quite a bit to get him in terms of you're going to have to separate yourself from a player you might not necessarily want to separate yourself. And I'm not saying Lucas Raymond or Moritz Sider, but the, the Vancouver Canucks are very much in a similar position as the Detroit Red Wings, where they're trying to get better. They have pieces. They have Elias Pettersson. They have Quinn Hughes. They have great goaltendering in Thatcher Demko already. They're trying to take a step forward, but they can't figure it out. It's just not coming together for them. And there's locker rooms problems. I know that Elias Pettersson uh, soured a lot of people with his, I won't call it antics. Guy was trying to get paid, and I don't blame him for that. Much like Bo Horvat's trying to get paid now. But you look at, 
there's a reason why I was comparing him to Dylan Larkin in a lot of ways. Because if you're looking to trade for Bo Horvat, and you obviously, like you said, Scotty, if you're trading for Bo Horvat, you want to extend him. You're going to have to free up not just like a draft pick, but maybe instead a roster spot that would maybe at the end of the season take up a lot of money. And his comparables to Dylan Larkin are uncanny. Uncanny. Now, I mean, would you rather have Bo Horvat or Dylan Larkin? You'd obviously just want to keep Dylan Larkin, the guy that you drafted and bred to be your captain. But if it's not working out with Dylan Larkin and he doesn't want to stay here at the end of the season and Bo Horvat doesn't want to stay with the uh, Vancouver Canucks, you can't pay them both and then also pay Cider and Raymond down the line. You're going to have to move somebody. So, you know, if Dylan Larkin wants to move teams and Bo Horvat makes, wants to move teams, it makes a lot of sense. I would rather keep Dylan Larkin over Bo, Hor- Bo Horvat, but then your other only other option if you want both is to trade Tyler Bertuzzi because you're not going to be able to keep all three and pay all three and then pay Lucas Raymond and uh, Moritz Sider two or three years from now. Some not, Something's going to have to give because the Red Wings don't have the insane amount of cap space that they did last season. They will have more once the expiring contracts are up at the end of the season, but then you're going to have to go out and spend that to bring bodies in to replace the bodies that are leaving. So if you want Bo Horvat, you're going to have to give up an equal player, an equitable player in either Tyler Bertuzzi or Dylan Larkin. And now when it comes to draft picks, I don't really know necessarily. I don't know how much I, because I feel like Dylan Larkin or Tyler Bertuzzi are already pretty comparable. Dylan Larkin's probably a little bit closer in value because they're both centers, but those are established players. Now, if they want to go a little bit younger and, because this is, I don't know what the Vancouver Canucks are looking for in exchange. Do they want to get, get even younger and get more young talent and they want prospects back? I would not be comfortable trading any of our recent first-round picks, and that includes Raymond or Sider for Bo Horvat. I think at that point you're asking for an overpay. Yeah, I, I agree, and, and I want to trail back to, to something else you said there. I don't th- – even money aside, I barely believe the salary cap exists, okay? So, like, we can just, like – that – that like, I, I, your point is is valid and, and whatnot, but I, I barely believe it's a real thing. Like, we've there. seen just in the last 24 months, we've seen so much nonsense with it. I, I barely believe it's real. So, even that aside, to me – you are not taking any step like forward, like a, like a huge leap forward. If you are getting rid of Larkin for him, that, that doesn't make no, it's like organizationally, you're not taking like a much bigger step forward. So that doesn't make sense to me. Why you would, why you would do that. You just named him captain and your organization wouldn't be really any better afterwards than beforehand. Bertuzzi is a, a, I guess the, name that you threw out there that I think is probably the most realistic conversation because I don't think the wings are in a spot where they want to give up young talent for expiring deals again like I know that the the plan would be to extend him right away but the fact of the matter is is like he wouldn't be when you agreed to the trade so like I I don't think that that's that the wings are in the business for that they are they are ascending and exiting a rebuild timeline wise it doesn't make sense to to get you know, bring in uh, an expiring deal of a 27, 28 year old for one of your like, you know, beaming young stars. But uh, so, so I agree with you that there, that's not going to happen. Larkin's not going to happen because that makes like zero sense, to be honest. Well, again, the Larkin thing would only make sense if both players wanted to move. It would, it would be if right, those yeah. players like, didn't want to stay. Obviously doesn't. So, like, yeah. they're like, there you go. Exactly. And so I think the, the one name, I think, 
I think Bo for for Bert is like a really really intriguing start starting point, and like that that could be a whole like half hour like conversation yeah. with somebody like across the aisle, like somebody in a like that that has Vancouver you know ties or or whatever. I, I think that that would be a really intriguing conversation to have across the aisle there. But I think that of all the names you said, that that would probably be the the most intriguing one just given both players situation as it stands right yeah. now but uh, again uh, at the end of the day you know we're talking about birds contract situation long term it's up in the air like so is bows and so uh, are, are you going to trade an expiring deal for another expiring deal just to extend that expiring deal instead of your own expiring deal like there, there's a lot of like you know what i mean there's a lot of just like weird stuff yeah. that that goes along with that i i but um, it would be, it would have to be a perfect situation for me to be comfortable getting Bohor. Right. And, and I, like I said me, earlier, at the end of the day, he is going to have a, a very widespread market. Like he, he is because of all of the situations yeah. that, that involve him that we've talked about. And you are going to have to pay more than somebody again, like making a playoff push that is desperately trying to end top end talent at the deadline which is going to be a tall ask and you are going to have to guarantee that you can extend him long-term before the end of the season for yeah. that to be a justifiable move. And let me, those two things need to be guaranteed for, for this trade to make sense. Yeah. Let me, let me addendum what I said. I said at the beginning, yes, I would take Bor Horvat and I would, but I feel like the better way of saying that is be, no, unless specific conditions can right. be met. Yeah, he would obviously be one of the best players on your team immediately. Like everyone would take him, but no, you, I don't. Like think you said at the very, very beginning, like you know, it, people answer that question maybe before taking into consideration what they'd have to give up. Yeah, like I don't think that he is worth one of your first round picks. I don't think he's worth any of the prospects that you've taken recently in the first round. I don't think he's worth Dylan Larkin unless again, both players want to leave town. I don't think Larkin wants that. And at that point, like you said, what's the point in trading an expiring deal for an expiring deal on two players that have comparable values. So it would start with Tyler Bertuzzi. That would really be the only situation where it would make sense, but then you're gonna have to give something else up because centers have higher values than wingers. So you, then you would talk about, okay, well, what draft picks, what prospects, that's a starting point that I could get behind. But I think anything outside of that, it would be the value wouldn't be there for either team enough. So I think that that's the only way it would make sense for the Red Wings. And I think it's the only way that it would make sense for the Vancouver Canucks. So I guess it's yeah. probably the better answer is not yes, but rather no, unless it's like, yes, I would take him, but it would take a very specific set of circumstances. For sure. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. Cool. Uh, when we come back, we'll get into game two. Uh, of the season series against the Tampa Bay Lightning, Red Wings winners last time out, four to two. But we'll see how this time goes. Riding a six-game losing streak. Stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, Scotty, let's talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, they are about to play the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. So we're getting them on the second half of a back-to-back, which is kind of reassuring. Uh, after a sluggish start, they have come gone back to being the Tampa Bay Lightning that we all know and hate. Uh, they are 29-1, and one, third in the Atlantic Division, and that top four, just like we thought, is just beginning to really separate from the bottom four. And uh, that, like we said at the beginning of the season, it's all going to come down to if you can stay in the wild card race. And right now the Red Wings aren't doing that, but the Tampa Bay Lightning have stayed very good 
so far. Nikita Kucherov, 47 points in 30 games played. He has more assists at 35 assists than any Red Wing has points thus far this season. Uh, followed up by Steven Stamkos, who has 36 and 30. Braden Point, who has 31 and 30. Sergachev, who has 27 and 28. It goes down from there. And of course, uh, Andre Vasilevsky with a save percentage of 918, 915 rather, on the season. They're, they're the Tampa Bay Lightning, man. They're really freaking good. Yeah, they're really not a bad team. They're definitely not bad at their jobs, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, we can, I, I guess, like, reiterate some of the same points that, that we talked about last time we played them. And, like, literally any game preview that we do right now in the stretch. Well, yeah, no, for sure. But, but uh, like, we've played the Lightning relatively recently. So, like, we can, we can reiterate the, the point that, you know, the, the Lightning, if there was one area that they could improve on, it would also be the face-off circle. So, like, maybe you can, like, try. To... <laughs> so, like, that's obviously doesn't really line up with your strengths and weaknesses as you are also one of the worst teams in the NHL in the face-off circle. But maybe you can, like, try to take advantage there. That would be a huge lift if uh, if the Wings were able to do that. But I mean, honestly, I just think back to the last game and like the the boys really were buzzing for forty. They Not were. They, they were. They were buzzing. Oh, you talking for about the last game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? And then, okay. you know, the last twenty were were they, they were they were not buzzing. So, uh, they better win rely on Huso as you have all season. That's without a doubt. And I would just love to see 60 full minutes of like fast paced, good, solid. Hey, maybe they're out playing us, but it's not by that much hockey. Like, yeah, I'm not even asking for you to outplay Tampa for 60. I, I know that that's probably a, a unrealistic expectation on any given game preview, but if you can just hang with them for 60 and not just have a huge fall off. At, at at some point in the third period, like we have become so accustomed to, that would be awesome. I, you're right. I mean, that's really what, really what it comes down to. They have a top 10 power play and a top 10 penalty kill. So yeah. the chances of you beating them on the special teams is almost slim. top five. It does happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their, their penalty power play is fifth in the league. And I think their penalty kill is seventh in the league. Yeah. Red Wings power play is 22nd and their penalty kill is 18th. If I'm remembering off the top of my head correctly, they're, Five on five might be Tampa Bay's only, I won't, don't want to call it weakness because they don't have any weaknesses, but they're like just a hair above 50% at Corsi four percentage at five on five, but you're 28th in the league at 45. So, you know, this is a team that is all the, all around better than the Red Wings and should be all around better than the Red Wings just yeah. based on their roster and what they've accomplished. So you're writing a six game losing streak. You hope that this can be, you know, a, a spark for you, a game where, cause again, you're playing Lalone's old team. This is Jeff Blaschel's homecoming. I believe Because I think this, I believe this game's at LCA. Let me double check on that one. Um, don't remember all the details all the time. Sorry. Yeah, guys. It's, at LCA. it's at LCA. So it's Jeff Blaschel's homecoming. How good would it be to spoil his homecoming? Uh, he comes back to LCA. Hopefully people don't boo him too much. I won't be booing him. I, I don't have anything personal against Blaschel. I think he was in charge of a crap team. I don't think he was a very good hockey coach either. Um, but he was in charge of a team that wasn't built to succeed regardless. Um, so I will not be booing him and I hope people don't boo him, but I can't control other people, but that's not the point right now. The point is I want them to spoil that homecoming. And like you said, it's going to take great goaltending and it's going to take them just playing one of the best games they've had all season. 
because this team in the Tampa Bay Lightning is without a doubt better at every facet of the game than the Red Wings are because John Cooper is a phenomenal coach and they have a great roster built. Vesna goaltender, Norris Trophy winning defenseman, and then you have Kucherov, who's I you just that team is ridiculous with talent and it's really and I'm really envious. But also remember who built the majority of that roster. So Dang right. You know, you look at that and you think okay, this could be us soon. Soon. We just need a Kucherov and we need a Headman and we need a Stamkos. Yeah, we, we just need like some of the best players in the league on our team. Yeah, it's like absolutely. no big deal, actually. And have them sign, you know, relatively cap friendly, team friendly deals. Yeah. Or the salary cap doesn't exist anyway. Yeah. Or you just put a guy on IR until the playoffs conveniently start. Right. Exactly. <laughs> hey, who, uh, who has the most hits of, Either both of these rosters combined. Adam Ernie. Adam effing Ernie. Yeah, he has 30 Only... more hits than anyone on the wings. <laughs> yeah, but he has more hits than anyone on the Lightning, too. He's, you know what? We talk about He's the guys. only player on either team with over 100 hits on the season. Let's ride. Jesus. And he hits hard, too. It's not just like a little rubbed off the yeah, puck. Man. He's he the man. He will hammer you. And I love, I, you know, I was down on Adam Ernie coming into the season, and I'll admit that. I didn't think that he really had a place on the roster. And, you know, long-term, I don't know what his place on the roster is still, but I will tell you that he plays hard in every single game, and, you know, even in games where they're losing, he's still going out there giving it his all, and it, it results in some goals. He had a nice goal the other night where he tipped yeah. the tipped the shot from the point. But, you know, we talk about guys who could be casualties when players come back, and, you know, I don't think Zidane has done anything amazing enough to like necessarily come back and immediately earn a roster spot. But like Verona comes back and Bertuzzi comes back and February comes back. You're probably seeing Soderblom get sent down to the AHL. I don't know if you can send justify sending Bergerin down though. He's played so well. So it's like Adam Ernie, like you don't want to put him on waivers. He'll get claimed. Like he absolutely will. He's a good, he's an everyday NHL player, but it's just like this roster will be a lot deeper at that point. Or you could just carry him as a healthy scratch, but it's just, Man, you, you talk about it's going to be a tough decision because despite the way the Wings are playing and despite the fact that their stats on the season are pretty low in a lot of categories, there's a lot of players that, you know, obviously as being a Red Wings fan, I have a bias towards. So I know realistically it's at some point, you know, Adam Ernie is going to be not on the team anymore. It doesn't mean I will like it when it happens. <laughs> I'm with you. I agree. <clears throat> so, um, Let's say the better line doesn't have the game for tomorrow listed yet. As it takes them a little while to generate the odds. We're going to say six and a half because it's Tampa Bay. Yeah. And I'll still take the over final in the game against Washington was four to three Red Wings offense has been scoring more goals lately. Back-to-back games of scoring at least three, but Vasilevsky is Vasilevsky. So I think they'll probably get less than three, but the Tampa Bay lightning offense is the Tampa Bay lightning offense. So they'll probably get more than three. Yeah, I'll take the over. Yeah, I want to remind you that they had a 30-shot period last time we played them. And the Red Wings still won. <laughs> Dang right, baby. Dang right. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back to recap that game tomorrow. Stay tuned for that. Right, uh, Scotty? Bet online. Thoughts? Okay. Any final thoughts? We ball. We ball. I should have asked you that first, but I got a little bit discombobulated. Get pranked, dude. Get pranked. All right. Uh, how do we end these things? Same time, same place. <laughs> it's your team every, every day. day.